Hello and welcome to the Challenge Podcast, where we discuss all things public service in Singapore. I'm your host, Douglas O'Loughlin, a consultant in organization transformation and a former public officer. And for this podcast, we'll be speaking to public officers on a wide range of backgrounds. Our guest today is Dr. Gog Sunju, who's with Skills Future Singapore. She is also the Chief Skills Officer and Chief Research Officer. Dr. Gog leads a team of data experts and futurists, and they develop job skills, insights for individuals, businesses, education, and training partners, as well as policymakers in Singapore. Dr. Gog, so nice to meet you, and uh, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Douglas. Douglas, please call me Sunju. Okay, Sunju. Can you tell us all a little bit about uh, your surname, uh, Gog, because it's quite unusual. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm not related to Van Gogh, just in case you thought so. That's good. Oh, because of my dad. Uh, he, when he came down from China to Penang and the British club had a typo, you look at the keyboard, you see G and H is next to each other, supposed to be G-O-H, and then end up become G-O-G. Oh. Then we just inherited it, and it's pretty cool. Like your job title, very cool. <laughs> so uh, so you have you also uh, have taken to uh, GOG instead of yes, what yes. could so have been if GO. You, if you see any GOG, it's all related to me. <laughs> all right. So there must be something about you and uh, interesting names and titles, because uh, the team we were talking that like, we think it's really the coolest title, you know, Chief Futurist. Yeah. How did that come about, and uh, what what do you actually do in, sure. in that role? Thanks, thanks, thanks for the question. Yeah, in in 2018, uh, Skill Future Singapore, mm-hmm. uh, then Chepong was our, our chief executive. He wanted to set up a futures office uh, to better understand how the changing nature of work, the changing job contents, changing skills, and the ha- new habits and behavior towards learning, because this will inform um, our missions about helping Singaporeans to be lifelong learner. Yeah, so we set up a small team and we study lead indicators and look at sources of data to measure and monitor change. Uh, of course, uh, we will also explore global and local partners to prototype solutions. So if it's a solution successful, then we mainstream the solution within uh, SSG. So that's how we started. Uh, and of course, Chepong attracted me by giving me this sexy title, I call it, <laughs> at the time, yes. Wow, very nice. And uh, very enlightened uh, of Chepong and, and, and you to get together and do this. Uh, you also have different uh, titles as well. So, yes. you know, Chief Skills Officer, Chief Research Officer, how does yep. that all go yep. fit yep. together? Yeah, so I took over the role of Chief Skills Officer in 2019. Uh, then my mandate was to, uh, given to me, was to transform the way uh, SSG identified job and skills needs for our economy, uh, to enhance the signposting to the citizens' uh, enterprises and our education and training institutions. As you, as you, we all know, uh, we, we gave a uh, future credits to all Singaporean 25 and above. So with the money in hand, we are asking ourselves, how can we better help them to make informed decisions? So if we can identify the skills and then signpost out to them, they can make better informed decisions. So, so my team was to transform that, that, that whole process of how the better, uh, more accurately identify job and skills need and then disseminate out. Um, so over the last one and a half year, my role as the Chief Skills Officer is to create an innovative culture among uh, my team so that they can leverage on databases to develop job skills insight. And we also work with multidisciplinary researchers to better understand skills used at work, uh, how skills development approaches and develop next generations of predictive modeling 
for job skills uh, anticipation. So that therefore we combine uh, R&D uh, into our work. That's why all these different titles stack up. Wow, it's so impressive. Uh, yeah, it's a very holistic approach. Oh, and I'm very humble by the, by, by, by the opportunity to do this work. Thanks. Yeah, it's exciting. And it's good to go behind, it feels like going behind a curtain of, you know, skills future. There's obviously a lot more going on than just yes, offering yes. training for people. That's right, that's right. Yeah. There's a huge team of us, about 450 of us, doing different parts of the work in, in skill future. Some are designing programs for individuals, some designing programs for enterprises, some dedicated to to build up the capability of our education and training sectors. Like the IHL, we work very closely with Institute for Adult Le uh, Institute, Institute of Higher Education, like the Polytechnic University, IT and private education uh, provider as well. So I think it's all, all doing different parts. And my, my group, uh, Skills Development Group, is really looking at skills anticipations. Uh, looking at job content changes, what are new jobs coming in the economy, how can we tell people the excitement about it and how to go about reskilling. One thing I'm curious about, Sunju, is how has uh, COVID affected the work of you and your team? Mm, very good question. It was very much, I think we were all uh, knock off our chair. I would say that uh, we have big plan in 20, 2020. Uh, no work plan, we're rolling roll out. We're going to do uh, anticipating future economy jobs. And suddenly we just turn around and say, oh, the surrounding, everybody is going to war. <laughs> uh, and how are you going to support the all the SGUJS uh, 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 initiative? How to how to keep people in the job? How to create learning very quickly? And we have to overnight pivot and ask ourselves, where are the data? Uh, can we what what can we what what can, what kind of data and and insight can we create? Uh, where are the jobs? Uh, then how can we show people these are the jobs available in Singapore? Uh, so we, we produce weekly uh, data analysis to um, to our, my, my colleagues in SSG and also to um, a sector agency and, uh, and and polytechnic university so that they can create more relevant SUGA courses. Uh, and then in order to help to see how can better recommend people into display people into uh, in demand jobs. Uh, overnight, we have to create a job skills a similarity recommender. It's a, it's, a, it's a simple algorithm that match those who are displayed, what are the critical, what are work functions they are performing before, and then match them into demand job in their sector and demand job outside of the sector so they can evaluate options and say, they what, where are the training, what kind of training should I go into? And I, kind, I, it, I think it's, it gives people hopes that it is not so dire, I have options to consider. So yes, yes, I think um, COVID affected our work plan. It delayed, de delayed but us by a year, but I think we are okay, we're back on track now. We're able to deliver our job skills repository, able to anticipate skills moving forward. Yes, all hands on deck, we are ready. War or no war? What are the more common you know, tools and, and things uh, that you use and skills that you and your team use, especially if you can think of ones that all of us probably could use more often. Mm, okay, uh, yeah, in, in my job, I would say that uh, I would do name three, uh, three skills that I, I, I most frequently use. One of them is learning agility. Uh, at, at an individual level is how I can learn very quickly so that I can apply the knowledge to, to, to my work. I think at the higher level or the group level is how can I create the le learning environment for my team to be able to learn, create, create minimum viable product, feedback, 
loop and then come back again to enhance our solution. I think that is quite important, uh, learning agility. The second skills I would say is about developing people. And, and this has become more and more important because we're living in an uncertain world and there's no playbook. Uh, we need to create things on, 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 on the go. And, and how do we help individuals to uh, a team member to say that, hey, it's okay, we have no playbook and we can co-create together. And especially, this is especially important because I have just rewrote our team uh, team members to take on new job role like job skills analysts. Uh, some non-data scientists become data scientists and new of officer taking on the role of skills planning. And th they've never done this before. So I think it's important to see in through every single project that we do together, how do we develop them? and identify their talent and work together. I think so developing people is the second skills I use very frequently at work. The, the third skills I would say, uh, I would call it customer centricity or customer orientation. Is at the end of the day, and in public service, we try to serve our citizens. We try to serve our constituents. How, how do we know what they really need? So I think that it is that conscious, conscious effort to find out the needs of the end users and our partners. Uh, and, and that conversation, the engagement, pushing out products and let them take a look or services and then get the feedback and, 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 and enhance again. I think that's important. So the three skills, learning agility, developing people and customer centricity. What products or things out there are, are available for public uh, officers that you think would be helpful for them to know about? Yes, uh, thanks, Douglas, for that question. In fact, the three skills that I just mentioned, um, I actually extracted from the 16th critical core skill for the future economy that Skill Future Singapore just launched it last year in August. And, and there are three baskets of, uh, of this critical core skill. The first basket is called staying relevant. That's for self. Uh, there's five skills there. And the second basket is working with others. There are six skills there. And... And the last basket is called critical thinking. There are another five skills, so it's five, six, five. And if you look at it holistically, why did uh, we, we, we took about six months, consulted 28 industries, 100, close to 130 uh, CHRO uh, and, and, and um, CEO at the C-suite level to ask them to deliberate what kind of skills the, 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 the workforce will need. And, and this is the 16 skills that in three baskets they talk about. And I would strongly urge a public service officer to take a look at it. You can Google it. Uh, it's, you just key in critical core skills. Singapore, you can see the 16 skill set. And, and I thought it's really important for us to be aware of it and then be conscious about developing developing our, ourselves in the skill set and helping our colleagues to learn. I think that's quite important. That's the first uh, um, products that are already in the market that you should use. Uh, and uh, since last year, uh, we have started to embark on the development of Singapore's Job Skills Repository. It is a database, a database to capture the future and in-demand jobs and skills of our economy. Uh, the base of it is the 34 skills framework that we developed uh, since 2016, uh, all the way to 2019. Now we converted it into database and we are updating it dynamically using big data, drawing from uh, job posting database, uh, CV database, including learning consumption database. And this will allow us to dynamically update to know what are the new job and skills and how are jobs changing. So this will be available uh, 
2022. Uh, publicly, we try to see whether we can create dashboards, uh, we can create some query engines for individuals or enterprises or education training institutes to be able to access the updated uh, skills. Uh, to complement that, uh, early this year, we completed Singapore's first skills taxonomy. It is a, if you can look at it, it is a, a database of skills with different hierarchies to explain what are the top level skills all the way down to uh, the kind of tools and applications that each job role or each skill set will need. I think this is quite uh, fantastic and, and exciting. But more importantly, I think the, the skills taxonomy will allow um, uh, SSG to constantly be more precise in analyzing job posting, be more precise to understand how job content is changing because certain tasks uh, can be automated now with uh, turnkey uh, technology solutions. So which part of task will go away, uh, uh, augmented by machines, which part will remain as what we human need to do? I think this is quite an, an exciting uh, development. So watch out for uh, skill taxonomy, watch out for job skills repository. I do think that uh, a lot of times when we think about the future of work, I think there is a common narrative out there, and you've sort of touched on it, that AI is going to you know, take over so many jobs. Um, can you speak a little bit of what you see as the reality in the future about the role of AI in the workplace and what that means for you know, those of us who, who are still working? This is a most frequently asked question. Yeah, I bet. A lot of people asking me about would AI take over jobs. So, so I, I, I thought we shouldn't uh, read too much about or watch too much movie about the iRobots running around, you know. Um, no, I would say that, yes, it is true that today there are algorithms available, uh, AI algorithms available to read every single job task and assign a, an index to say that is this task automatable and is automated can be automated by what kind of AI tool? For example, so cognitive um, uh, AI, social AI, or, or, or operational AI. There are tools available, but I, I want to I, I want to qualify that it is less likely for a whole job to disappear, but it is more likely that there will be tasks that is better off uh, augmented by machines. I'll give you an example. Uh, recently, we just deployed uh, um, software as a service platform to enhance the way we use and manage data. So instead of scouting around and say, oh, I cannot find, uh, because there's a high shortage of data and uh, engineer. So by using that platform, it reduces the need to have data engineer on the fly. We can just re we, ju we can pay for a service, but that whole platform allow us to be more nimble and quickly can launch our job skills repository in the speediest time. So I think you, you can see that the, the advantage of having uh, using this kind of AI platform is to allow us to do our work better and faster. So I thought this is just fascinating. Um, and, and we should watch over, that's why I'm going to talk about digital fluency, we should constantly watch over what are the turnkey solutions, technology solutions that allow us to plug and play very quickly and to do something, to try out, to prototype some solutions. I think this is very, very important for all of us in, in public service. So the digital fluency is a required, required skills, a part of the critical core skills. So I think I will summarize that um, from the conversation we have with employers, the desired workforce profile is one who can develop insights and then create better solutions. And, and to do that, I think we need to really deploy, um, uh, augment our work with technology. So don't be afraid. I think it's just 
just learn about it, what's available, and then try and test it out, and then that'll be quite fun. I like this vision of the future, Sunju. Thanks, and uh, it makes sense. It totally makes sense that it, it's actually technology can make our life easier. Uh, that yes. really uh, sounds sounds right. So, how about for uh, for listeners out there who? haven't quite decided what to do to get them r more future ready, so to speak. Um, would you have any recommendations of where they might start mm. To, mm. To, keep, to get moving besides watching uh, sci-fi <laughs> uh, Korean dramas? Yeah. Yes, I, I, I would recommend three areas of uh, learning for, for their consideration. Uh, and the context is this, is that we're going to live longer. Uh, we're going to going to go through different life stages change and then there's different life stages who have different needs in terms of career and learning. So with that as a background, backdrop, I, I will suggest three areas. One is about selfers. Um, I think it is very important for us to learn about how to do our career and life planning. A lot of us don't pay a lot of attention to this. We think we get another job. We, do, we try to get way to be promoted, but I don't think so. I think it's very important to, for us to have the ability to uh, and the skills to, to plan ourselves, charting the next one year, next three years, next five years of working life. How, how does it, what does it mean to us at, at, as we go through different life stages, early career to having family to, to later stage of career? What does it mean? So I think we need to constantly having, have to rethink and, and evaluate our options and think about what we really what was important at that, at that point in time. So I think once you have that direction or the rough plan, I'll say always the rough plan, it's easier to decide which area you want to invest in. How do you, how do you reskill? Do you need to go for a certain kind of training that will allow you to achieve your various career aspirations? So that's number one. Learn about career planning. Uh, there are some, um, and career, learn about career planning doesn't mean it's always about going for a course. It can be about reading books, talking to people. I think PSD has uh, launched something quite fantastic about the public service uh, career coaching ability. I think talk to somebody, go go sign up and, and have a chat with the career coach. I think that's a very good start. Yeah. Second, um, I think it's very important to, to have a good handle of digital uh, digital fluency. Um, understand what's available technology around us, what their functions, and I personally I attended computational thinking twice <laughs> because uh, I, I, I attended one on EDX, I attended one on Coursera. There are difference, one by Harvard, uh, the other one is by uh, Microsoft. And they, they came from different angles, but the important thing about computational thinking is we, we're living in a digital era. We need to know the logics of operations. What does it mean on internet? What does IP address means? What does social media means? I think we need to understand this so that we can better operate in the environment that is so digital. Yeah, so I think second is digital fluency. If you have five, if time, just go online and sign up, sign up all these courses available, abundance, okay? Or you want to use the future credits, go for courses that are curated by SSG. There's a lot online, yep. The third area, uh, it come from the my thinking that every one of us has to be a change leader. Uh, so if you can attend courses or learn about how to initiate change, how do you manage transformation at workplace? It's not about it's never about technology deployment. I think a large part of this initiating change, managing change is about helping our peers and colleagues to understand why we need to change and overcome the fear and then move together. So it's a lot of persuasions, a lot of 
managing this psychological barrier. So I think going for courses, learning about change leadership, change management is essential. So three area, I repeat, uh, career planning, uh, digital fluency, change management. That's a good start. Would that include even like uh, making TikTok videos? Would you include that <laughs> becoming more digital? Yes, yes, I think we should. Uh, why not? I think all these are digital uh, um, uh, gadgets that are, are so easily available with all your mobile phones can do wonders. I think we should just try, you know, just yeah. try. And, and one thing about um, um, uh, 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 once you uh, learn a new skill, we always think about where to apply the skills. And I watched a YouTube video, it was quite fun. Uh, the lady basically, this this middle-aged lady learned about programming and she's trying to explain to people about why programming is not so difficult and she she created a, a YouTube video to show how codes can be done and then uh, and in explain it in a very layman format and I thought these are something very simple you can use you know nowadays you can just do a recording and by teaching others you're actually applying the skill as well so these are a fun way of uh, of learning and applying skills. Now, because you think of the individuals and you've shared about individuals, you've touched on organizations as well, the employer side. Mm. How can there be a better match between, you know, what people are upgrading to and what employers, you know, the organizations do um, to allow people to use those upgraded skills so, you know, yes, so they yes, don't yes, learn yes, it and yes. then it fades away? Absolutely. I think that's a very good question. Um, I would say that workplace is the best place to develop and use skills. Um, and as a reporting officer or superior, what, what we can do is to think about how can we design um, small package, I call it packages, small packages or projects that allow the teams to work and then learn and then deliver the results very quickly. So work learn packages is what a nickname that we I, I call it. Um, with very clear deliverables, fixed timeline, it, it gives them a little bit of stress, it's good. And then allow the project team to to really say that, okay, I got to, I, I got to deliver this by, by this by this date, and I don't know how to do it, I'm going to learn, and along the way, yeah, we're going to iterate. So in, in in SSG, my team, we, we do this all the time. So we do a very short, uh, typical very short projects, like in two to three weeks' time, we're going to complete this. And this is always on a, I call it on a part-time basis because among many other jobs, but we know that it's very clearly in three meetings, we're going to complete this. So the, 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 the different team team member will go away doing background, background work, come together, huddle 45 minutes, go off again, come back, and we know that by, and, and the third meeting will complete a certain task. And this is, this is really authentic. So I think uh, an officer find it very exciting because they can learn and perform and it really motivate them to, to learn very fast as a team together. Um, and I think from this, I just want to share a, a particular program that SkillFuture Singapore is, has launched, uh, is to support enterprises across Singapore to develop the capability to facilitate workplace learning. I use workplace learning in a very broad sense. Uh, and this NACE, the National Center of Excellence for Workplace Learning, is what we have set up. It's a network of uh, uh, Institute of Higher Learning. And we, they, they will go out um, to help us certify uh, 1,000 local companies to have the capability to do so. And I, I think this, this, um, this NACE Workplace Learning Initiative is also relevant for public service too. So you, I, just imagine if every workplaces is a learning organization that support employees' learning, and the positive impact will be amazing. 
I think the learning is not just the role HR, HR or L&D. It's actually the responsibility of every one of us. That's why I, tell, I want to reiterate, it's one of the critical core skills is about developing people. Yeah. yeah. This all sounds uh, very practical. And, you know, you're also correcting some misperceptions. You know, I think in the old days, you know, our bosses were supposed to develop us or, you know, uh, plan our careers for us. That's not really the way it works. Um, and we talked about another misconception about the future, you know, this that AI is going to take over the world. Um, any other misconceptions that you think people have uh, about what the future will look like? I will cite this particular book, um, Thomas Friedman's Thank You For Being Late. I think it was, pub if I'm not wrong, it's published in 2016 or 2017, his latest book. And, and in, the, in the book chapter, he talked about his interview with um, Google X CEO, Astro Teller. And, and actually, I disagree with what Astro Teller said, but I just want to quickly describe what, uh, what the graph that Astro Teller uh, sketched out for, for, for Thomas Friedman. In the graph, it says that there is a, there is a curve, a very light curve very, uh, that gradually going upward, and that's called the human anxiety. And human is anxious about change. But then he said there is another curve, which is called technology, uh, exponential development of technology. And that curve is going this way, steep up. And I disagree because it is not about pitching human against tech. Behind the technology exponential growth is a bunch of very brave people who dare to take charge and try to use the tech to solve a problem or to solve to create a new solution. So, so I think at the end is don't be fearful, stay on the curve of anxiety. To me, it's just hop over to the curve of deploying tech and see whether what we can use very quickly to so I think once you stay on the curve of technology, we're okay, we're less anxious about not doing anything. So taking actions on that, I think is important. So the, to debunk the, 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 the kind of misconception is, it's not tech pitching against human. It is about taking action versus not taking action. <laughs> right. And partnering with technology, yes, right? Yes, leverage on technology. So we started with this, uh, admiring your job title mm -hmm. of chief uh, futurist. And I think... Uh, well, maybe, I don't think it's just myself. I think almost everyone would love to be a futurist. I mean, it sounds uh, like a, a wonderful thing to be in life. And so what tips would you have for all of us aspiring futurists? Like, you know, you've kind of touched, again, talked a little bit about it, but tools, ideas, you've mentioned one book already. Yeah. Uh, anything else? All of us can be futurists because future is created by us. It is not... It's not a destination that in front waiting for us is, is to be created by all of us. So I would say maybe I'll give three ad advice. One is please stay curious, read widely, be capable, be helpful. You, because once you offer help and get involved in some activities, you never know what you're going to learn and that connection is very important. Second is be transdisciplinary. Um, there is always a bias of where we come from, what, what kind of field of study we practice, and, and we, it, it kind of frames the way we look at things, look at issues. The perspective is framed because we come from e economics or we come from engineering. So I think it's important to, have, to, be, to, to, have, to, to learn widely. Uh, and sometimes good ideas and insight may come from non-related fields. It allows us to frame our perspective from different angles. 
and we may suddenly realize that oh, actually there's a better solutions somewhere so somewhere else. So I think that be transdisciplinary is my second advice. Third, I think it's very important uh, in this time, in this period, to build our network across different fields. And LinkedIn is a very uh, convenient place to start. Um, when I, when my, my F, uh, future office team and myself use LinkedIn a lot, because that's where we curate experts and partners across the world. We are very thick-skinned. We just write to people and say, hey, hi, we're from Skillfisher Singapore. Can we talk to you about this? Or can you be our validation panels? We need advice on this. And typically, people are very friendly. You'll say, yeah, why not? And we were expecting like 15 minutes chat. They gave us 45 minutes. That was fantastic. So I think it's to build network. And build network not just within your close circuit, is to have this kind of loose, seemingly weak network is very important. So I think build network. So three, stay curious, be trans transdisciplinary, build network across fields. That's my advice. <laughs> and there's so many things we can do. I remember working with an organization years ago that every Monday, somebody on the team would be assigned to uh, read a magazine like Her World or some seemingly unrelated uh, uh, magazine, and then pick an article out of there which relates to finance or yes. HR or something. So it doesn't have to be super complicated. It's exactly, nice. Exactly. This last statement I hope can resonate with everyone uh, is to take charge of our own career and learning. Don't leave it to chance or let someone else plan for us. Mm, it's a great reminder. So uh, thanks so much, Sunju, for uh, making the future look a little bit brighter for us. <laughs> Thank you, Douglas. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I'm your host, Douglas O'Loughlin. Follow us for new episodes and visit psd.gov.sg challenge for more public service stories.